Hello to you people in the future who are listening to another episode of Voices in My Head. Thank you for joining me today. Over the last few months, I've been honored to bring you great guests like Jason Gray, Sarah Groves, Michael Card, Andrew Peterson, Trip York, and Brian Zahn, just to name a few. It's been my pleasure to bring these podcasts to you, the listener, free of charge. The fact is, though, that there are operating expenses when you do a show like this, so rather than make this a paid podcast, I wanted to give the listeners a chance to help out. The Voices in My Head audience has grown exponentially since I began broadcasting in January of 2012, and there are people who listen from all over the globe. Because of this, and because I want to keep the podcast free, I'm offering you a chance to sponsor an episode of Voices in My Head. Maybe you'd like to dedicate a show to a family member with a message for their birthday, or maybe you'd like to honor a loved one with some sort of special greeting. Perhaps you just want to showcase one of your websites or a business. So to sponsor an episode of Voices in My Head, simply send me an email with your ad to rljames29 at yahoo.com. If I approve your ad, then I'll let you know in a follow-up email. Then simply go to rickleejames.com. Click on the tab that says Tip Jar, Podcast Sponsorship, follow the link to PayPal, and then leave your donation or sponsorship amount. If it sounds like a lot, then just send me an email and I'll talk you through the steps. Thank you again for listening to Voices in My Head, and enjoy today's episode. I honor the Holy One inside you. Namaste. Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head. The official podcast of Rick Lee James. I am Rick Lee James, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. If you hear this voice today, do not turn in the window. Hello, this is Rick Lee James, and I am here driving in my car actually at this moment in Nashville, Tennessee on my way to Brentwood Baptist Church for the Song Discovery Creative Conference and uh, I'm excited to see what's going to be there today. We're going to have uh, some special guests around. Um, hoping to get some interviews uh, while I'm there. I don't know exactly who will have time or where I'll be at a given time during the day but it's going to be a great creative conference. This is my uh, first podcast on the road so uh, we'll see how that goes. I know that they're going to be featuring great musicians and worship leaders today like Tommy Walker, Israel Houghton, Michael W. Smith, just various people that are going to be there, um, lots of publishers, media people, so um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but as at this moment, I know this makes for great, great listening on the radio, but I'm uh, driving through a very scenic, beautiful part of Tennessee on Franklin Road. And uh, we're just going to go and, and see what happens with the rest of the day today. So I uh, hope you'll enjoy this journey with me. And uh, I'll be kind of reporting on what's going on at the Worship Leader Magazine Song Discovery Creative Conference here in uh, Nashville. So I guess that's it for now. Well, I'm here with Ian... Is it Ian or Ian? Ian Morgan Cron. Ian Morgan Cron. All right. And he's an Episcopal priest, a speaker, a musician, and a retreat leader, and author of the books Chasing Francis, which is a novel, and Jesus, My Father, the CIA, and Me. And today he spoke to us at the Worship Leader Song Discovery Creative Conference about the need for silence in our lives. And I was intrigued this morning when you mentioned, and it made me think of the phrase that says, uh, just like peace is not the 
absence of violence, um, you had actually mentioned that um, silence is not just the lack of sound or the lack of noise. And I wonder if you could elaborate. I know a lot of my listeners are worship leaders, and uh, I know that we need to learn how to create more space and silence. And just maybe if you could elaborate a little bit on that, on what you talked about this morning, and maybe a little beyond. Sure. Well, I mean, silence is a, what you know we would call an autonomous phenomenon, right? Sure. <clears throat> it's a living reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like the connective tissue of the universe. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like the fascia that holds and surrounds us at all times. Mm-hmm. Even right now in this space where there's a lot of noise. We would say, this is noisy. Well, the reality is all of that stuff is just flittering along the surface of silence like water bugs. You know, silence is this enormous, enormous um, sphere or reality that was here at creation. I mean, think about it. I mean, silence is, as Mother Teresa said, right? Silence is God's first language, and everything else is a bad translation. Mm. Wow. And I think she's on to this spiritual truth that every great Christian teacher throughout the last 2,000 years or at least the last 1,650 years has said, which is that silence is not the or one of the ecosystems in which spiritual maturity takes place. Mm-hmm. It is the native soil of transfiguration. Wow. Hmm. That's amazing. Um, well, in the Worship Leader magazine, and, and listeners, in case you would like to know where to find this, it's in the March and April 2012 edition of Worship Leader magazine. Uh, Ian wrote a article called Listen, and he began this article by talking about, actually he quoted from the Screwtape Letters, and um, there's a quote that says, Music and silence, how I detest them both. One of the demons is speaking. And, uh, because, and the reason for them being detested is um, they want to shout down the melodies and the silences of heaven. And so a question I have for you, have, have we unwittingly in some ways actually been a part of the devil's work in our very own worship services by the fact that we have just completely drowned out silence entirely in everything we do. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to go so far uh, as to say, you know, we've been complicit with the devil. Right. I mean, <laughs> the reality is is that we're complicit with the forces of evil in numerous places of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, to, to pick that one out would you know, yeah. be uh, a little too severe, um, exclusively, anyhow. We have been part- willing participants, I think, in the name of relevance. Mm. Now, I do think that's idolatry. Mm. I think this notion of authenticity is ridiculous. Mm. And I think that relevance is an idol. Mm. It's actually a way of saying, I just want to be as cool as everybody else, but throw Jesus in the mix. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, hey, everybody, Jesus is just as cool. Look, you exactly. know, and it's like, well, it's not yeah. exactly Jesus's way of thinking, I don't think. Mm. Um, so I, what I would say is that the church has done an expert job of keeping people shielded from silence. You go to your typical worship service, and it is music from the moment you walk in mm. to 40-minute sermons by people who have no business talking longer than 10. Hmm. And um, no time to integrate, no time to reflect, no time for the intimacy with one another and with God that can only come when we sit in the silence mm-hmm. with one another and with God. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we are creating churches that feel like Abercrombie and Fitch when you go in and the music is just thumping. And, uh, and its purpose, by the way, if you go into those places, of having a sonic signature, which is what it's called, or a sonic fingerprint, is to get you to, to buy stuff. It's to influence your purchasing decisions. Now, I'm not saying we're trying to get people to buy stuff in church. What I am saying is, is that we are just imitating culture. And the culture is militating against your soul, making contact with God in silence. So why is it that people end up going to churches at lunchtime just to sit in an empty Catholic church and be still? Why, why, you know, why are retreat centers filled all over the world and yet people come to a non-denominational church and all they get is noise? Yeah. And people pay a lot of money to go to quiet places. Fortunes. And, yeah. And, uh, Fortunes. Yeah. yeah. And I, when you actually mentioned that about the relevance, too, I, I immediately thought of Henry Nowen's book, In the Name of Jesus. Yes. When he speaks about in there, the task of the minister is actually to become irrelevant. Yeah, that's ways. Merton. And that's Nowen just copying Merton, Merton all the way, yeah, baby. Well, now, I, it's not I the first time or the right. last time yeah, that he exactly. copies Merton uh, but, or uh, draws off Merton anyway. But, um, I mean, both in, incredible spiritual fathers. And, and um, I, I think about that, and I think of just in our... Our weekly worship, and I, I would I would say that that's probably not any pastor or worship leader's goal is that we want to imitate the world. But I, I feel like that a lot of what we do is just derivative of culture, like what you said. I mean, uh, I mean, where we're sitting right now, <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful place, but it's a corporate structure, you know, where we are, and it's it's gigantic, it's huge, it's it's Six Flags over Jesus. We might well, call it, well you know, it doesn't feel so any different than being in the lobby of a large Hyatt. Yeah, exactly. So you know. One has to ask oneself, like, look, even right now, music is playing in the background, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, let's, not even, let's not even discuss, it's a whole different conversation, what that does to the power of music in the rest of your life. It completely mm. diminishes it. Mm. The fact that music is playing around you all the time emaciates music for you when you actually listen to it. Because you're like, well, it's just more sonic wallpaper. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and so now you've cheapened all of music. Yeah. You know? That's very interesting. So, um, now, of course, there's a lot of interesting analogs between that and the spiritual life. Yeah. Right? But yeah. Just, just think for a moment about what do we do when people die? We spend two minutes in silence. Mm-hmm. Right? Hmm. There's something about silence um, that is intensely intensely powerful what 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 do you do what did Gandhi and Martin Luther King do when they were you know uh, often against uh, violent forces they just fought back with literally looking at their oppressors with, with silence hmm. silence is amazingly powerful yeah. on multiple levels right. multiple multiple levels and yet the church who should know it ought to know, yeah. based on two th- just incredible amounts of volume and material written about silence, mm-hmm. that they are neglecting to give people the one nutrient they mm. desperately need yeah. in a culture of noise. Hmm. And, and I find that, you know, actually silence is one of the... It should be the easy thing to do, but it's one of the hardest things in our society to do. And I wonder, do you have any suggestions for, um, and, and again, this may sound even ridiculous almost as a question, 
but any ways to help maybe uh, those that are worship leaders or your pastors that listen, just help them to try to think about if, as we're coming in on a Sunday morning, you know, some ways to really incorporate silence. This morning we did a wonderful, the Shalom prayer in the time of just making silent moments and doing things like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, for most of us here, probably a brand new thing that we never would have thought about before to just come in and actually spend time in silence. And if you do that in church, you, you know, you start hearing pins tapping or whatever you know well yeah it's great so many things i can say about it yeah but one is worship leaders need to be friends of silence Mm. you can't lead silence it's not a gimmick Mm. do you know what i mean it's not like you know let's grow a soul patch on our chin and then you know all of a sudden talk a different way and we're authentic Mm. you you know what i mean like exactly the moment you do that you're inauthentic Mm -hmm. that's that's the irony of it right Mm. um I would encourage worship leaders to, one, befriend silence themselves. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes a day, once in the morning, once in the late afternoon. Let nothing stand in the way of it. Hmm. Get the book by Martin Laird, Into the Silent Land, which is about silent, meditative, Christian. I know I've had this, you know, I have to constantly have this, not battle, but conversation with people about this is not eastern material this is stuff that has been in our tradition for thousands of years Mm -hmm. the language of which we lost at the reformation and people are just now rediscovering Mm -hmm. right um or i should say protestants lost anglicans catholics and orthodox kind of held on to it Mm -hmm. um the third thing is train your worship team to love silence Mm -hmm. right spend time in that kind of silence that we did this morning of just stilling and being present to one another and God in the moment. Yeah. Ten minutes, five minutes, work up to 15. You'd be amazed at what it does for the quality of your relationships as a team. Mm. The intimacy level and the depth that you will go to is like exponentially different than what you can ever get to when you just are just talking and sharing and talking and sharing. All this talking and sharing, you know, we yeah. think it's running us deeper where actually it's our words are just getting skinnier and yeah. less powerful. The last thing I'd say is introduce your church to it slowly and make a case for it as you go and be surprised because, uh, or don't be surprised, they will respond. But just say to them, we're going to spend 30 seconds today just in silent reflection. And in that, si- in that time of silence, and, and tell them, this is a gift to you. I want you to have one minute this morning. Of just stillness, arms uncrossed, legs uncrossed, and just imagine breathing in Jesus and exhaling yourself. Mm. Inhaling Jesus, exhaling self, mm. and then after the minutes over, we'll go into our next song quietly. Exactly. And then over time, you build it up so it becomes part of the vocabulary of worship, where they're not afraid of the silence. And then, hopefully, you'll have your senior pastor on board who's teaching about <laughs> why silence matters. Exactly. Well, and I think I hear what you're saying, too, is this has to become a part of our lives. It, it, like you just said, emphasize it again. It can't just be a gimmick. Oh. Like, you know, it can't be like the music style has changed, so we gotta we got to sound, you know, if it's the 90s, we got to sound like Nirvana now or whatever. This, this actually has to be incorporated into our daily lifestyle, our daily walk. 
And uh, so, well, I thank you for your insights very much and your time Great. today. And I'm, I'm looking forward to letting our listeners be able to share in this. Just a quick question on a personal note, because I'm a huge Thomas Merton fan. Do you have a favorite book by him? Mm. Well, my, I guess my first favorite would be Seven Story Mountain, his spiritual mm. um, memoir or autobiography. I, I guess my next one after that would be uh, Conjectures of a Guilty Bystander. Oh, that's my that favorite. One. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check that out. And listeners, if you've never read Merton, you're missing out. You need to read some and uh, spend some time. But Well, thank you. And again, check out uh, Ian's books today. It's Ian, Ian Morgan uh, Cron, and the books are Jesus, My Father, The CIA, and Me. And his other book is Chasing Francis, which is a novel. And uh, I know you're going to enjoy that. Thank you very much for being my guest on Voices in My Head today. Thanks, man. My pleasure. Uh-huh. I uh, found a little quieter room than I had for the interview with Ian yesterday. And I'm here with Jeff Burke and with David L. Ward. Do you like to have the middle name in there? <laughs> Just because the that's such a common name. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of David Wards out there. Well, I, I go by Rick Lee James because if I go by Rick James, everybody else thinks about the... Uh, the 70s pop singer that did Super Freak and all that. So uh, anyway, well, um, Jeff and Dave are both here as uh, actually participants in the conference. And Jeff, both last year and this year, um, got to share uh, music that he had written. And you were on the stage last night with Michael W. Smith and um, Tommy Walker and, say, Jenny Lee Riddle was there and different people. And you got to share a song that you wrote. And uh, so tell me first just about some of your ministry and some of the music and then where people can find your music. Sure. Yeah, I've been the director of worship at Grace Community Church, which is we're at Brentwood Baptist here, and Grace is 10 minutes up the road north of here. And um, yeah, I've just been writing songs for the church, um, you know, in a local context. And we just got out of a, a great session by Stephen Pearson from mm-hmm. Hillsong and and he was emphasizing how important it is to be rooted in your local church life mm. in order to flesh out um, your art sure. and to know, okay, who am I writing for? Well, the who is my church. Mm. And then, you know, whatever happens with songs outside of the church is is great, mm-hmm. but that's my primary goal is to write songs for our, ch- our church life in particular at mm. Grace Community Church. Um, so that's what I, uh, you know, try to do and, and spend time doing. Okay. Hopefully, once a week. That's, that's right. kind of the way my schedule permits, and so that's what I like to do. And and I like that you you handed me a CD this morning actually, which is songs yeah. from your church right. and that your church is putting out. And were mm-hmm. some of those or most of them songs that you had written? Or no, there's three of them on there out of probably. I don't know, 15 or so, Great. and then there are a couple from other songwriters in our church as well. Great. Um, so we have a, a, a community, it's it's not very organized of, mm-hmm. of songwriters, but they'll send me their stuff yeah. and, and say, hey, can you know if you want to use this, great. So That's I'll excellent. listen and see what's appropriate for where we are. And, I love that, and the collaboration. That's yeah. really great. And last year, you there was somebody, I think, from your church with you last year right. when you Wendy sang, because you did kind of a duet together, and it was a really beautiful right. song. Right, and then she did a song as well uh, that she'd written. So, yeah, she's great. great. Very seasoned songwriter. Now, David, you run a, uh, a, I guess it would be a song 
maybe you can describe the company, or is it even a company exactly? It's Reform Praise, and I know you do things with kind of reforming worship song, and you told me a little bit this morning about that. Uh, but tell us a little sure. bit about Reform Praise. Well, Reform Praise seems a lot bigger than it probably is. Okay. Um, <laughs> it really, for a lot of years, was essentially just a hobby, a, a place to post my songs, basically. Okay. Um, I had a former career in software development, um, so... Uh. Songwriting was always kind of a side thing, but most songwriters would attest to the fact that we've always written songs, and we always will, no matter how full our life is. Somehow, you're always writing. Mm -hmm. So since I was a software developer and had skills, I could have a place, I could make a place to to share them. Um, And the kind of songs I wanted to share, and the reason I wanted to share them was because they were songs for congregational singing. Mm -hmm. And I got the bug. I was at a little Baptist church, uh, and we were kind of overly suspicious to a fault of a lot of modern uh, contemporary <laughs> praise gotcha. music and and for the most part found them to be useful. We used them, but just trite and not very full of rich doctrine or lyrics. And, and we would sing mm. hymns, too. And I fell in love with hymns when I got a little volume of, of just lyrics only, mm. which blew open the, the world for me because the music was, was detached. So you're just looking at these poems, and, and I start to realize, wow, I've been missing the mm-hmm. lyrics. I've really not been thinking about the lyrics. It's just been this tradition. And um, yeah. they started coming alive, and I said, you know, we need to sing these, and uh, there's no music there, so why don't I just try setting sort of contemporary praise-type mm. choruses, uh, you know, a feel to these. And it was really popular in my little church, and people are always saying, you got to share this, you got to share this. Yeah. So um, over the years, I've had a, a lot, I've had a dream to get more writers involved, uh, become friends with people who share a similar passion for not only taking old hymns, making them new, but writing songs kind of in that vein, you know, uh, mm-hmm. theologically rich songs about the gospel of God's grace, focusing on Jesus, centered on Jesus, mm. and then also trying to teach and equip and, and lead other worship planners and leaders to have a vision for that same kind of full and gospel-rich worship and mm. songs. Well, that is great. Um, and you uh, you might know, have you met, um, like, Stuart Townen and mm-hmm. uh, the Gettys and different yep. ones? I, that are... I met Stuart at, I went to Southern Seminary back in 04 and 05. That's great. And I got to know Keith uh, while I was there and have kept in touch with him a little bit. And mm-hmm. got to know Stuart and, and definitely love what they're doing. I mean, yeah. I started this in, I started writing, you know, new, new uh, hymn arrangements in probably 99. Mm. And back then, uh, the landscape of, of songs <laughs> was small. much more sparse. I mean, the internet wasn't used as much as it is today, and, sure. and, and you know, songs like "In Christ Alone" hadn't been written yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Before the Throne of God Above hadn't well, been written well, yet. Well, they were, but it was the other "In Christ Alone." That oh yeah, English <laughs> that's right. That's right. right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm very thankful for the way that yeah. modern hymns kind of have Definitely. had a resurgence, and yeah. even just songs that aren't hymns. The writers are being Matt Redman and guys like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, their songs are are much more full. Yeah. I think of songs like Beautiful One. In the last 10 years, mm-hmm. very encouraged, kind of uh, moving beyond just the simple scripture songs or you know small choruses to having right. really rich, full songs. And I, and I know in the, the couple of brief conversations I've had with Keith uh, Getty in the past, one thing that I love about their music and I know is their heart, which can be found in a lot of the, uh, the hymns and the poems that you're pointing out, is these songs were meant to be sung with confidence, and they're meant to be sung like, you know, with, uh, I always think of like an Irish feel of where you're in a pub and people have like a, you know, a pint in their hands and they're lifting them up in the air. <laughs> it was the Bible, not right, exactly. But the opposite of that, I mean, not the opposite, but there's a sense of like, you know, and, and when you think of like Irish songs and people are just belting them out and singing and whatever, like, you know, we may not have the pints in our hands, but there is this sense of like this confidence that can come out that can just be sung. And, and listeners, I'm actually waving my arm around right now. It makes for really good listening on podcasts when you can see my arms waving around. But, <laughs> 
Um, I think that's great that you're doing that because we need those kind of hymns that we can just really sing out um, the confidence of who God is, you know, and, mm. and not just in ourselves. Um, so I encourage uh, listeners today, and you're on this podcast, you're hearing a lot of different people throughout this conference. And uh, go to its congregational song. I could just let you guys plug your sites, I guess, unless you want me to. I'm reading them off your business card. <laughs> right. Um, that's cool. But uh, we have congregationalsongs.com, and mm-hmm. that's uh, for Jeff Burke. And he's, mm-hmm. you can find more of his music. Um, and I, I wish that you all were here to be able to hear some of his stuff. But you're not, so go there and listen to it. And um, for David, for Reform Praise, your website is just... ReformPraise.org. ReformPraise.org. Okay. So go check these guys out. You can tell just from our brief conversation here today, they have good things to say to the church. Um, anything particular that you, is on your heart and mind as you're uh, as we're here at this retreat together as we kind of close out this interview? Just anything that's come to you? Um, I think I think something that has been, or at least was was powerful for me this morning was and something that David and I have actually been talking about uh, the last few days is that there's a great value to an openness to how God works mm. differently in different people mm. and in different with, with different gifts. You know, the body is is very diverse, sure. and um, it's it's easy for us to get on some sort of you know like almost a, a, a soapbox of sorts of, mm-hmm. hey, this is the way it's supposed to be done. Right. <laughs> and yet I'm realizing, you know, this, this is one way that it can be done. This is, this is a way that I think God has called me to, to uh, push for in my sphere of influence, yeah. but to be open to what God is doing in other areas through other people um, enables the body of Christ to have a more rich understanding of how he does that how he how he moves his kingdom forward through through different people so great it's just something i've appreciated excellent yeah. how about you dave anything that's kind of on your mind is for you well god's been doing some things just personally in my own walk with him uh the things he's been revealing to me about to how i relate to him and mm-hmm. uh so i've had some really special times with him sort of in the morning at night um just falling more in love with him i feel like you know mm-hmm. uh i've realized how what a strong desire i have to see him We've been singing songs. The, the lyrics have been jumping off the screens about beholding him, seeing him. And I think I was actually kind of resenting the fact that I can't see God with my eyes mm. and really just crying out to him, you know, I'm sorry that I've made that in itself an idol. It's a good thing. I want to see him. But mm-hmm. he said, for right now, you've seen me enough in Jesus. Yeah. You know, I remember Nathan, uh, or was it Nathaniel, uh, saying, you know, show us the Father. Mm. And Jesus said, mm. you don't get it. You know, you've seen me. You've seen the Father. Yeah. And so, uh, and God's also just been, uh, like uh, happens a lot of times at conferences, sort of, downloading to me uh, all kinds of creative ideas so songs uh things and just trying to maintain my attention and and grab what god's doing so yeah i always always wish after every session i had my instrument with me because i want to be like oh let's write right now yeah exactly well guys thank you very much for being on voices in my head today i really Mm -hmm. appreciate it and uh, Mm -hmm. i know that the listeners uh, go to their sites and i'm going to have uh, actually, on the webpage, I'm going to have all of their links on there so you can go and hear more about what they're doing in their ministries. So, God bless, guys. Thanks, Rip. Mm-hmm. 
Well, here I am, and we've come into the Baskin Chapel here at the uh, Brentwood Baptist Church in Nashville, Tennessee, still at the Song Discovery Creative Conference. And I'm here with Craig Adams, the creative director at Lifeway Worship. And they have a great website, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes here at uh, lifewayworship.com. And I know many of you are worship leaders that listen to this program. And Craig is an old friend. Actually, I've known Craig since I was probably in high school when I could wear size 30 jeans and had hair, and uh, it, right was, on. it was back at, at uh, probably Camp Garner Creek somewhere along the way in Tennessee that yes. I met you most likely. Indeed. So, uh, so Craig's going to talk with us a little bit about uh, just well, a little bit about himself and about Lifeway and what they're doing as far as with worship music today. Um, a lot of the music that we're getting to hear and a lot of the music that we're getting to sing in church actually is coming through, you know, filtered through Lifeway. So it's got some good stuff for us. Um, so, Craig, do you want to play something for us today? Cause... Well, let me clarify, first okay. of all, sure. that back in those days when you and I met, I, too, was in probably a 34-size <laughs> waist, and my hair was not gray. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of yeah. scary when you think about just how many years we actually have known each other. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just telling a friend of mine the other day, when you get into your mid-40s, you begin to have conversations like, well, for the past 25 years, I've, or, you know, yeah. I've known you for 30-something years, and that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, my wife and I are approaching that place in our marriage now where we have literally known each other over half of our lives, right. you know? And so it's amazing the journeys you find yourself on as God that's bestows His grace and carries us forward yeah. into His journey. That's great. It's, but it's a great thing to be able to say, I've had a friend for... Yeah, 30-plus years of my life. That is great. <laughs> so it's awesome to be with you, man. And you also, like, I'm living in Ohio now, and you actually are kind of from that area with the Xenia area. And yeah. And I think even in Urbana for a while you lived. Yeah. Um, I was actually born just north of Indy in a little town called Lebanon, Indiana, but we only lived there two years. Mm -hmm. And my father became uh, the minister of music of Xenia First Church of the Nazarene. Oh, okay. And um, so that was early 70s. We lived there for seven years, and we actually lived in Urbana while Dad worked at the church in Xenia. And it was about a 45-minute commute or something like that in those days before they had highways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in between, so. But, yeah, I'm, I'll be a Reds fan till I die. Yeah. Absolutely love Cincinnati Reds. I get up to the Great American Ballpark at least once a season and um, love... Kosai, and I love the <laughs> Neil Armstrong Museum, and the Columbus right. Zoo is one of my favorite places on the face of planet. Kings yeah. Island, on the yards. I, I'm a, I am a Buckeye very much. Although I've lived here in the Franklin, Tennessee area most of my life, I still consider myself more of a Buckeye. Than more of a Buckeye, right? Yeah. Well, in the Xenia connection again, one of my great friends, uh, Brandon Hancock, who yeah. we do music together a lot. He's the music pastor at Xenia Naz now. And, so, and here's a weird full circle connection. Mm -hmm. His grandmother was my children's pastor in that same church. Wow. So I've, I've known Brandon literally his whole life, watched wow. him grow up, and I've just been so excited in re recent years, first mm -hmm. of all, to hear that he had gone to Xenia because mm -hmm. of his family connection there and my family connection, but to hear of all that God's doing in his yeah. life and, and the songs that are being birthed out of his mm -hmm. ministry and his studies abroad and whatnot. Yeah. It's just a, He's it's a great thing. He's Dr. Brandon Hancock. Now, yeah, he'll so, always yeah. just be Brandon to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Craig, if uh, listeners, if you've not heard Craig before, you probably have heard music that he has been a part of, if not writing, uh, publishing. Um, and he's also just one of the most talented musicians and singers, piano players that you'll ever hear. So I took a little privilege and asked him if he would play something for us on the piano and maybe just sing something. I don't know what you're going to do, but... Um, you know what? Um, this literally just flashed through my mind, but... Um, uh, can I share something that uh, when I was working for Brentwood Benson Music Publishing for a few years as creative director, um, I, uh, I was serving part-time at a Nazarene church here in Nashville, uh, Concord Community Church in the Nazarene. And in the middle of that season, it was a great season of work there at Brentwood Benson, and um, we were in the middle of a project called Cathedral Praise. It was really something that was tailored a little more for um, a church choir that still loved to sing, believe it or not, with like an organ and mm -hmm. piano. It was really more of a high church kind of collection, if you sure. will. And um, uh, we were in the middle of that project and then disconnected uh, from that, but then yet related at the same time. Um, it was a Saturday night, um, and the Lord woke me up in the middle of the night. And this is, this is the only time this has ever happened to me, ever mm -hmm. before in my life. But I was awakened in the middle of a dream, and in the dream... I was playing and singing a song. I woke up, realized I've never heard it before, mm. and went to the piano and just started to play it there in my house in the middle of the night. My wife thought I was nuts. <laughs> and uh, kids were sleeping. She was like, you're going to wake the kids. I was like, I don't know. God's doing something here, babe. I think I need to just stay in this. And uh, that was about 3 o'clock in the morning. And I sat down to play, and it was, it was one of those moments that I don't think happens all that often for, mm -hmm. really, for many songwriters. It's the only time it's happened for me in my lifetime. But as soon as I set my hands down on the keyboard, the words just started coming. Mm. And in about an hour after that, um, a song was born that I really feel like the Lord just gave me. Mm -hmm. And then I got to church Sunday morning, mm -hmm. and my pastor came to me. He got there way early and said, hey, um, I woke up about 3 in the morning, and the Lord told me to go a whole different direction. And he said, I, he said, I've never really preached on this before. He said, but I really feel like the Lord is leading me to preach on the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. What does it mean to really breathe in the fragrance of who God is, the sweetness of who he is? Well, what he didn't know is that at 3 o'clock in the morning when I was awakened, hmm. the Lord gave me the song, Let Your Holy Fragrance Fill This Place. Wow. That's literally the first line that came in my mind. So do you mind if I no, share that? No, please. I'd love to hear it. I haven't played this song in a long time, so I'm going to apologize now for <laughs> any errors I might make. Yeah.
it was just one of those nights, you know, one of those moments. And so the way that it relates to that project then at Brentwood Benson is I got back to the office Sunday, and uh, my boss at that time was Jonathan Crumpson. He said, how was your weekend? And so I was telling him a story, and he said, well, let me hear the song. And mm-hmm. so I played it for him, and he was like, you know what, man? Maybe that's the song we've been missing from this collection. So John Coates was mm-hmm. arranging and orchestrating that. I called him on the phone and said, why don't you come down and listen? He said, man, I, I love it. Mm-hmm. It ended up being in that project. And that was just a blessing to me because it was, again, this doesn't happen very often, right. I don't think. And it's not about me at all. It's all about the Lord. Sure. But the timing for that particular service mm-hmm. and the fact we were one song short for that project and God just had it all worked out in terms of timing. And, yeah. um, and then to hear what John Coates did with it was just so overwhelming. I mean, mm. just massive orchestra, massive choir, you know, a pipe organ, the whole nine yards. It just was grand and glorious. And that is so, amazing. Uh, that is a beautiful song. I th- now, God. if the listeners want to get that to use in their churches, can they still get that? I think so. I don't think that that collection's gone out of print. It, it's called Cathedral Praise. It's from Brentwood Benson Music Publishing. Wow. And, um, uh, yeah, I think it's still available. I, I honestly haven't checked recently, mm. but um, well, it's beautiful. So. That was, I think, my first time hearing it. That was just, I'm, I'm almost speechless hearing it. Very beautiful. Well, praise God. Very good. Praise Excellent. The Lord. I, and I think of the scripture verse that even reminds us that, you know, we are the fragrance of God to those in the world. That's and, right. And the whole idea of, uh, you know, I asked, I asked a group of teenagers one time when I was youth pastor and using that verse. So how do you smell, you know? <laughs> like yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. And it's a very interesting concept. You know, it's actually not one that, you know, um, there's, when you think about, like, modern hymn writing or songwriting, a lot of it, you know, is repetitive with, like, the raise and praise or whatever. Right, and right. We don't hear a lot, like, about the fragrance and stuff. So that's great. I really appreciate you sharing well, that today. It's, uh, I've found in my life there are moments when the Lord manifests himself in a number of ways, you yeah. know, sometimes through his word, Sometimes in, in the stillness and silence of prayer and devotion, um, sometimes through conversation. But I, mm-hmm. I've learned that there are moments, um, not unlike what I experienced this past weekend, I happened to have the unbelievable privilege to uh, go sing with Tommy Walker in mm-hmm. Honolulu this past weekend. Yeah. On two levels, that was unbelievable. Poor guy. <laughs> with Tommy, I mean, there's just not a greater man in all the world than Tommy Walker and uh, on so many levels than to be in Honolulu was just crazy. But sure. There was a particular church we were working with there called New Hope, and um, 12,000 members in this church, and um, they don't have a building. They purposed in their hearts from the very beginning of their ministry in Honolulu that rather than putting their money into buildings, they were going to put into ministry into church planning. So in 10 years, I think it is, I think, I think this span of time is right. I know the number of churches is correct, but I think it's in 10 years they've planted over 150 churches out of this congregation. And here's the amazing thing. Saturday nights, they meet in the University of Hawaii Coliseum, Hmm. and they do a big, huge, community-wide evangelistic service. So they'll have one week they had the Katinas, the next week Natalie Grant, and then the next week Tommy. And uh, So it's kind of like for church family and then invite your friends, and it's always very evangelistic. The pastor always shares a message. And then they, and so they set up in this coliseum, full on stage, lights, video, audio, the whole nine yards. I mean, like massive tour support, Hmm. AV. And they set it all up in the afternoon, tear it down after Saturday night, load it all into trucks, and haul it across town to a high school where then there they do a 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and 11 o'clock a.m. Sunday morning service. And it takes 1,500 volunteers Hmm. for them to do church every weekend. And here's what blew my mind. Just like you and I, they have full-time jobs. Hmm. So they're working 40-plus hours, you know. 
And every weekend, 1,500 people give 20 plus hours of service to the church hmm. just to make church and evangelism and community happen in that town. Well, it's no wonder then, A, that the church is 12,000 members because sure. you've got that kind of commitment. But I'll tell you, here is what relates to the song. The joy that's born out of that kind of commitment to vision and service, not only to the mission and vision of the church, but to one another, there literally was a sweet aroma about the Spirit of God in those people. That It, it was tangible. You, 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 could, you could touch it. You could taste it. You could smell it. You could feel it. It was just something I'll never get over. It. It's an uncommon place, uncommon people. You throw on top of that the Aloha Spirit that's mm-hmm. in the people over there, but, it, but it's really more than that. It, it, it was... It was such a place of authentic joy, community, and service, mm-hmm. and um, very refreshing, convicting yeah. in many ways. You know, uh, how many of our churches uh, in the mainland, I would say, uh, are all about got to build a bigger, bigger building, mm-hmm. got to add on to the building we have, and we get strapped by yeah. our mortgage payment, if yeah, you will, exactly. and it, it doesn't enable us to think about the Great Commission in the same way, you know, and so as very challenging in a number of ways. And um, uh, so anyway, all that to say, um, it was just a, one of the ways the Lord manifested himself to me this weekend, again, was the fr- fragrance of true community is something that is very sweet. It's yeah. very unique. And I'm so thankful I was able to be a part of that in that very moment, you know. Wow. It was very cool. That's awesome. That reminds me a little bit of uh, the short time when I was in Kenya. Uh, and they were telling me stories about churches that were being planted just like crazy. And, and sometimes with them, it's like, well, if you meet under a tree, you're a church now. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. where they'd go. But the church is just growing in amazing ways, ways we don't see in the States very often, you know. Right, so it's right. Great. Well, Absolutely. thanks for sharing that. And, and we, listeners, last night we got to hear Tommy Walker, and I've seen him several times live, and uh, just a great worship leader, wonderful instrumentalist. But uh, last night was actually a fundraiser for Living Hope, which I also encourage you to check that out, um, which I think their site is just livinghope.com, uh, which while I mentioned Africa, there's actually a place that is doing a lot, um, kind of a, an AIDS um, Clinic, forget, AIDS clinic, yeah. and I forget how many people that they eight thousand AIDS victims a week. Yeah, they see there, a and week. it's actually livinghope.co.za. See, okay, livinghope.co.za, uh, and I encourage you to. And, and while we're here talking about worship, you know, worship is not music. Worship can be a form of of worship, but mm-hmm. um, really, you know, what we've been a part of this weekend is allowing ourselves to see that once again. Uh, this is all part of a, a bigger thing and a plan of God's kingdom that we are actually supposed to be the hands and feet of Christ to the world. So uh, I got to see Tommy last night with Michael W. Smith and various mm-hmm. other artists, Jenny Lee Riddle, um, and it was so neat to see worship used, uh, worship music, I guess I should say, not just as a time for us to just come together and just have another service and leave, but right. it literally was a time that we're getting to be a part of spreading the hands and feet of Jesus. So just a, kind of a free plug for that clinic. If you go to that website, um, they have ways that you can give like a dollar a day and help out the clinic. And they need lots of help there. So Yeah, you can um, take uh, uh, what, what we've done. I, uh, I'm a member of Brentwood Baptist here. And what this church has done down through the years, too, is taken worship teams there mm-hmm. to help train their musicians because they're planting churches mm-hmm. out of this clinic atmosphere mm-hmm. They need all the help they can get. So you can mm-hmm. take teams of people two at a time, 20 at a time, 200 at a time down there and not only work in the clinic but train other church musicians to, yeah. to lead and worship. They awesome. just don't have anything like that available to them for the most part. So it's a great, yeah. great ministry. 
Well, while we're talking about worship a little bit, just yeah. to kind of close out our time, can you tell us some of the things that is going on at Lifeway? There's a lot of great uh, things on your website of Lifeway Worship. Do we have about six hours? Can... Well, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'll probably run out of battery in the uh, recorder by that time. But you know, We'll turn this into seven shows. You know, yeah. No, there's, there's a lot going on. I'll try to be as brief as I can. Uh, what I'm uh, most excited, excited about right now um, would be probably top of mind three things. Um, we have expanded our songwriter base um, over the past 18 months. We now have 14 uh, staff writers. Tommy Walker, you mentioned, is, mm-hmm. is one of those. John Hartley, um, who's uh, out of the Kingsway movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dennis and Nan Allen, mm-hmm. Dick and Mel Tunney, Philip Kevrin, um, Paul Marino, Jeremy Johnson, Kirk Kirkland, Shelley Johnson, who has an album coming out on Maranatha very soon that's going to be unbelievable. Great. Phil Cease is producing that. David M. Edwards, he also has an album coming out with Maranatha. Phil Cease is producing that yeah. as well. By, Two great by, albums. By the way, uh, Phil Cease was a guest a couple weeks ago on the podcast, and he just won a Dove Award like two days after he was on the podcast. So you're welcome, Phil, for getting the podcast bump. Uh, no, I'm joking. No, <laughs> we congr- congratulate Yeah, that was Phil. the great Cantos guy. de Alabanza yeah. album, right? The Spanish uh-huh. Worship. That's a great album, and yeah. Phil's just a... He is a true servant of God, great songwriter's friend, great producer. I mean, yeah. the guy's got chops for days, just amazing. Yeah. So, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just no, that's fine. No, that's that, great. So. That's awesome. Uh, we're, we're so happy to be partnering with Phil, too. So we have a number of writers, um, and I'm excited about that because some great new songs are being born out of that new emphasis for us. Um, and then you mentioned LifeWayWorship.com, mm-hmm. uh, at least in our conversation you did. And mm-hmm. LifeWayWorship.com is a... a, a at present, it's a website that really targets uh, resourcing people for congregational worship. Mm-hmm. There are over 1,700 songs that live in some facet on the site. Um, for some of those songs, we offer what we call quick charts. They're just like the lyrics with chords above, you know, sure. kind of a common mm-hmm. uh, medium, if you will, or chart. Um, then we also offer the Lead Sheet Plus product, which is basically the way I put it is it's a lead sheet kind of on steroids. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's the melody line, uh, then there's a three-part harmonization for your praise team uh, on the chart. In addition to that, traditional chord chart um, to go along with that. And then also we inform the chart with a little more information, like, for instance, if it's a... Uh, a new All Sons and Daughters album, and we have the charts available for that, then we'll, we'll kind of uh, study deeply the sonic, sonic integrity of their version. And when we roll out the Lead Sheet Plus product to match their album, we'll say, okay, on the intro, drums, uh, hi-hat, and four on the floor only, and uh, acoustic guitar, arpeggiated lightly, keys, airy pad, and then from section to section, if there's a shift sonically, mm-hmm. we inform the chart. And the aim there is to save you time yeah. as the worship leader so that there's more information on the chart from the get-go that just gets you to playing mm-hmm. a lot quicker so you don't have to be spending 15 minutes out of your rehearsal just giving instructions. Sure. So love that about that product. It's also available in all 12 keys, so whatever's comfortable for you and for your congregation, you pick it. Awesome. So love that about the Lee Sheet Plus. And uh, with all the major labels who are releasing worship albums right now, we have partnership with them. So the day that their albums are released, we have a full complement of charts available. <laughs> For many of those 1,700 charts, we have full orchestration available. So there are a lot of churches still using a, a, an instrumental sure. program. In fact, a lot of churches are reawakening to that because mm-hmm. you know, there's been a move away from that for the past 15 years. But people are discovering, you know, there's a little more than just a rhythm section palette out there to yeah. explore. And people are kind of getting back to exploring more musical color so there's full orchestration available for a lot not for everything 
um, lyric files, certainly for everything. Um, we have a relationship between LifeWayWorship.com and MyStudyBible.com. So if you're planning your service, you like a song, but you want to kind of do a little bit of a word study to see how you might be able to offer some other scriptural content around that song mm-hmm. or just more fully inform your people and equip them on a spiritual level, you can link right over to MyStudyBible.com and have full access to all kinds of concordances online and translations and word studies. and. Then it'll link back. And so LifeWayWorship.com is, is a great resource for worship leaders. Very soon, everything that LifeWay Worship creates, all choral music, children's worship, uh, handbells, keyboard literature, you name it, it will all live there. So if you're coming there to plan a service, um, not only will you be able to find how great thou art and how great is our God, but uh, thematically, if you're planning or by scripture, there'll be all kinds of suggested choral resources yeah. or dramatic sketches or whatever. And it will. It's very soon to become what I think is going to be the ultimate worship planning resource. So excited about that. And then finally, um, for those of you who have a church choir, the Let's Sing brand for us is kind of a new thing, but it's really uh, become widely accepted by a lot of churches. In a nutshell... It's accessible four-part writing for everything, but a lot of really well-known songs, so we know that your rehearsal time is limited. Mm-hmm. You don't have a ton of time to be teaching 10 brand-new songs every week, right. but you have every Sunday morning's agenda to plan for, and so we try to give you a resource that's sensible, accessible, easily attainable resources with well-known titles, mm-hmm. and stylistically, it's everywhere. And yeah. there's a Christmas musical and an Easter musical for that brand every year as well. So those, those three things top of mind I'm really excited about. Yeah. We have a host of host of events that we sponsor every year of our own as well as things like this with worship leader but um lifeway.com slash worship get you to everything that we do if you just want the congregational resources for right now lifewayworship.com i know that's confusing lifeway.com slash yeah. worship and lifewayworship.com but uh Come join us in an event, or if you're in Nashville, yeah. drop in us. We love, we actually love for people to drop by and visit, and so we can get to know worship leaders and choir directors, and that's great. Anybody interested in worship, really? Well, and I and I appreciate that, uh, you know, even just when I am leading worship, just being able to find a chart that tells the instruments, some of them when to come in, and that work with dynamics, like you said. You know, at this point, the strings would come in here. At this right. point, the drums are doing that. I think that's a, a problem, and I have emphasized this a couple times before. When you're leading in church, you shouldn't all be playing everything you can play all at one time and all together. So it's yeah. a good resource if you're the leader trying to teach your team even about dynamics in music and like, you know, not everybody plays every note all the time, all the song, you know. Right. So you can print off a chart like this and it says it actually tells your your instrumentalist, Okay, don't you come in until right here, you know, exactly. on this part and stuff. So they're taking some of that work out for you and um but yeah, check it out. The it's lifewayworship.com and life uh, lifeway.com slash worship. worship. Yeah. So, uh, you guys are going to need notes today for all the websites <laughs> uh, for all this because I've had other guests on too while I've been here. So that's awesome. Anyway. Well, thanks. Anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? Just just about anything. I mean, you can tell us. No, your I, I will today. say this. Honest to goodness, um, uh, because we've had that long friendship, you know, down through the years and connection. I just want to say to you, bro, how inspiring it is to me that after all these years, you're one of those guys who uh, I know in your early life was called, and you followed that calling, answered it, went and got your education, entered the ministry, and you're still there. And, man, I, I just can't tell you how many people I know of who've gotten burnt out by circumstance or bad relationship or a bad church fit or whatever, you know, and and have become disillusioned and 
as a result of that disillusionment, have not found that place in God's grace to either persevere or know how to pray through a situation and know what move to make with, without abandoning the ministry mm-hmm. altogether. And, man, time is so short. God is he's sending Jesus back sooner than we know. Mm-hmm. And, and so we need people doing what you're doing, not only in local church ministry, but with this podcast, man. Mm-hmm. Just I want to just affirm you and say brother to brother, uh, in the right sense, I'm proud of you, man, for everything that you you have accomplished and you are accomplishing. And uh, keep after it, man, because, again, time is short, and we got to do all we can to win people, awesome. you know? For sure. Well, thank you very much. Thank I, you, Rick. I don't know quite what to say, but thank you. I appreciate the encouragement. Absolutely. I'm, I'm an affirmation junkie. It helps me, so thank you very much. <laughs> well, we are, but I, I seriously mean it, man. I mean, I've had well, a lot of friends who've not stayed true. You know, wow. and for a variety of understandable reasons, I guess. But, you know, if we take God at his word, there's nothing we can't accomplish Very true. and nothing we can't endure by his grace. And so uh, I affirm you, my brother. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much. As well as all of you out there all listening out to the podcast. There. That's right. Even you, yeah. Brandon. <laughs> Even Brandon. That's right. <laughs> well, Craig, thank you for being one of the voices in my head today on this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate it. And uh, it's, it's been great to just sit with you and. Uh, the highlight has been just getting to hear you play and sing again. Oh, it's been so long since kind. I've got to just hear you because Craig's behind the scenes doing a lot of stuff. But I think sometimes people might forget. Gosh, he's just an incredible like musician and a voice that um, is great to hear. So I'm going to stop the recording right here. But thank you again for being a guest today. Thank you. Well, it was great having my guest today on the show, and we ended out with Craig Adams from uh, Lifeway Worship, and it, he is a, a great guy. I, actually, every guest I had, my, my thanks goes out to you. I encourage the listeners to go to each of their websites. Uh, I'm actually on my way home from the Song Discovery Creative Conference, and I didn't have a chance to mention this before because I didn't realize it, but uh, a couple weeks ago we had Phil Seas on the podcast from Worship Leaders Song Discovery, and just a couple days after he was a guest on the podcast he actually won a Dove Award as a producer and uh, so we are congratulating Phil Uh, great things are happening if you hear a little background noise right now again it's because I'm driving and uh, just went through Cincinnati and I'm finally on uh, steady ground and able to talk but you know I started the podcast in the car so I figured I would end the podcast in the car so thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head I have some exciting news in the coming day I'm looking forward to sharing with you I'm looking forward to guests that we're going to be having on the show. and uh, But mostly I'm just excited about uh, what God's doing, and uh, especially through music. And I'm excited about writing. I actually want to get home and do some more songwriting right now. So send me a, a line sometime. You can email me at rljames29 at yahoo.com. Uh, you can go to my website, rickleejames.com. You can find me on Facebook. You can listen to me on Stitcher. You can go anywhere. and uh, Well, not anywhere, but a lot of places online and uh, you know make a connection whether it's Twitter or wherever uh, leave an iTunes review let me know what you think of the podcast and the guests we're having and I'd also love to hear your input for future podcasts um, well that's it for now I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap this podcast up so have a great day and keep looking to the sky God bless you guys thanks for listening to Voices in My Head you've been listening to Voices in My Head the official podcast of Rick Lee James If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. 
You can also download my free mobile app from iTunes and on the Android Marketplace. And I'd love this to be a community experience, so if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.